I'm April Morrison, doctor of physical therapy, accidental entrepreneur, and lifelong learner. You're tuned in to the Idaho Physio Podcast, where we talk about things, health, wellness, and high performance in all areas of life. The big goal here is to talk to high achievers and those that surround themselves with the top performers in their fields to get some insights, tips, and inspiration that we can all use in our daily lives. The title may say Idaho, but the content reaches far beyond our borders and is relevant for everyone, regardless of where you find yourself. As always, the content you are about to hear does not replace the medical advice of your doctor, so please seek professional opinions should you need them. Now kick back, relax, and enjoy the episode. We are glad you're here. everyone. Thank you for joining us today. This is the Idaho Physio. I am Dr. April Morrison, and I'm so glad you're here. Today, we are uh, super excited because we have a super special guest. Um, Before I get to introducing her, I just want to remind you, if you want to keep seeing this show, please make sure that you hit subscribe below um, and share and like with your friends, make comments, and also send us some information or uh, suggestions on who you'd like for us to interview. Uh, We're always open to suggestions and we always want to hear your feedback. Um, so today is uh, one of my favorite people. Um, this is Joanne Schlosser. She um, is, gosh, amazing. She has done so many things. Um, so first off, she has an MBA from Arizona State University. She lives in Arizona right now. And actually, you're up in a in Pine Top up in a cabin, so I'm super jealous of that. Um, she is a certified senior professional for human resources and a board certified fellow of the American College of Healthcare Executives. She's got this long list of things that she's done, so it's super amazing. Um, she served four years on the, ex- on the Arizona Healthcare Executive Board. She is the owner and founder and runner of uh, Rising Stars LLC, and she's been doing that for over eight years. She's been a coach for over 15 years, and she's been developing leader for, leaders for 25 years. So it totally makes sense that she would be uh, one of our guests on the show, and we'd be able to interview her and talk to her about high performance, high achievers, and, and all those traits that kind of run into that. So Joanne, thank you so much for being on the show. Thank you, April. I'm so excited to be here with you. I love the technology that we can be side-by-side states apart. I know. It's awesome. It's so great. Um, and I love that this is the Idaho physio, but it doesn't matter that, you know, the borders don't matter. We can we can reach beyond the, the borders here. So pretty That's cool. exactly right. That's so right. I know I just kind of gave your resume slightly, um, but if you could kind of introduce yourself and tell us a little bit more about what you do, um, and kind of what the rising stars are and, and all of that. You got it. So in the broad umbrella, I do leadership development. Most of my clients are in healthcare, and I help them become better leaders so that they can be better managers, they can engage their staff more effectively. Because then the bottom line is they can care for patients more effectively. So if I help them be better, they can help their folks be better. And the bottom line is better patient patient care, better employee engagement, happier people, healthier people. So it's that connection. I don't have the clinical skills you do. So I provide leadership development, whether it's training in person in the good old days, some to come, yeah. um, virtually. Or I provide executive and team coaching. 
And so all of those things kind of fall under the umbrella of leadership development. Cool. And I think that it's so important to point out that, you know, as, as a healthcare provider, we are given clinical skills, we are taught how to, you know, fix people, but we aren't necessarily taught that leadership component. And so it's people like you that are able to coach and, and bring that out in people who don't necessarily have those natural skills. Um, and those are the things that you really need to be successful, whether it is with patient care or it is with just day-to-day, -day, you know, dealing with your your coworkers and dealing with the people that work for you. So I love that you do that. Um, Thanks. And you're exactly right. I'll, I'll be sharing with you that you think about when you ask a patient to measure you on, um, you know, on the web, social media is really big right now. And people can't judge your clinical skills for the most part. They judge you on your bedside manner. Right. Did you listen to them? Did you engage with them? Did you make them feel smart or stupid? And so that's where I work with a lot of physicians and providers who have to up their communication skills. They're brilliant. They've got the technical solution to every problem physically. But how do you convey it to someone in a way that they can hear it and then take action? Right. And not be short and assume that they understand that clinical jargon, but they understand that you're, you're hearing them and you can kind of empathize with, with what they're going through. Exactly. Um, and you can explain it in words they understand. Oh man, that is so huge. That's huge. Yeah. So um, when you work with people, you work with these top leaders and top healthcare executives and even just beyond healthcare too, um, what, are the, what are the main things people tend to ask you? What are the top five, seven, whatever? So, so some of the key things are, um, how is a coach different from a mentor? Oh, good. Okay. And so that's often something I'll explain and different from a consultant. So a mentor is someone inside or outside your organization who might be approached by you or approach you to say, I see something in you and I want to help you develop and I maybe can open some doors for you or maybe I can impart knowledge that I have for you. And it's usually a free relationship. And sometimes there's reverse mentoring. The younger person often might teach technical skills or clinical or some kind of skills to the person who is mentoring them with their wisdom on the job. But mentoring often sounds like this is the way I've done it, mm -hmm. which might or might not work for you. Consulting is being paid to come in and again, give the answers. And sometimes I'm a consultant and I like helped open a new medical office building last year where 18 different physician groups were coming together under one roof with a whole bunch of new rules and regulations and uniforms. And they need someone to tell them how things should be specifically. But a coach is a confidential thought partner. It's listening to who you are and what you want and helping you figure out how to get there. It isn't me telling you what to do. It's me listening to what you want and pulling from you. We believe people are creative, resourceful, and whole, that you have the answers and my job is to help you figure out what the answer is for you. Because even if I did the same thing 50 times, there may be 50 different answers. It isn't pushing you into a box. It's helping you figure out the path that works for you. I really like that because I feel like a lot of people search for someone who's going to just give them the answers or the recipe to do it. 
And it doesn't necessarily work for that individual, whatever it is that they're doing, you know, whatever someone else has done that may not work. So the coaching, the kind of bringing it out um, in that individual of what they're wanting, because their goals are going to be different than the person down the streets. So exactly. Exactly. And so often that's what happens. Someone will call and say, um, I want you to help me do this, or I want you to tell me the answers. And so often in coaching, I kind of have to volley it back to them and say, well, what do you think? Well, I don't know. Well, and then you talk them through the process, like, what would your best friend say to you? Or if you did know the answer, or what have you tried in the past? And so there's a bunch of different questions that I might ask that person to help them shake loose. They really do know. Yeah. There, there is an answer here and we can help pull that out. Awesome. I love that. All right. Thanks. So what are some other things that people ask you or. How, so the next would be like, how can an executive coach help me? Yeah. Um, and so an executive coach, I know you mentioned that you've already in, in interviewed a health coach. So there's a lot of kinds of coaches, career coaches and all kinds. So I focus on an executive coaching and leadership coaching and team coaching. So how I help people is I help them when they want to set big goals. So maybe it's a new job. Maybe it's a promotion. Maybe it's career growth. Maybe they got landed this big new assignment. I worked with this leader and they gave her this huge new project. And they wanted her to understand how to take on a scope of a new team, a new project. So it's usually something big. My favorite example, especially for this show, is a physician. He ran a small group uh, that was part of a much larger national organization. And he was brilliant. Went to one of the top schools in the country, would very quickly let you know how brilliant he was. <laughs> didn't have good people skills. Yeah. People did not enjoy working with him. And his boss saw something in him and wanted to help. And he agreed to coach with me. And we worked on self-awareness. We worked on what was triggering him and why he would become defensive and then abrasive. And over the course of a year, he was able to shift behavior, shift body language, eye contact, words, and how he communicated so that he was communicating more effectively. And then about a year later, I got a call from his boss again. And I was like, worried. Yeah, sure. So I thought maybe I didn't do a good job. And it was the reverse. His boss said, would you be willing to work with him again? We want to promote him. He's made such a radical shift. I'm going to promote him to this role over 100 other doctors. Wow. wow. Could you help me help him get ready for that? Wow. So literally, coaching can be life-changing. Um, it also deeply impacted his spouse and his child. Oh, I bet. So those are some of the things he and his boss told me later. That promotion would never have happened without coaching. He Which, just was not in a place. And and I, I think you said something that also struck me was that his coach, or I'm sorry, his boss, employer saw something in him. So I think yes. that's another piece that you know, we often forget is we will look for things for ourselves. We'll try to better ourselves, but really, really great leaders 
try to better those below us or, you know, the ones that work for us, because that's just going to bolster up every, everyone around us. And also, you know, like you said, it, it helps the relationships. It helps the other interpersonal relationships and, you know, how that doctor is now worth working with patients, but also how he's working with his family. So yes. there's so many different facets to it that you don't really think about until you're in it and you have a little bit of hindsight and can, can look back on it. Yes. And I don't know what it's like in Idaho, but in Arizona, we've got severe physician shortages and severe nursing shortages. Mm-hmm. And so all the people around him have easy opportunities to take on new roles in other organizations if they don't feel like they're being treated well and valued. Right. So your communication skills are as or more important than the financial compensation you're offering because I can go across the street and make same or different. I want to be treated well. Right. You want to be appreciated and and not be yelled at or spoken yeah. to abrasively or absolutely. Yeah. Super important. Yeah. So I think that's important. Another question that I often get asked is, how does coaching work? Yeah. And so for me, um, coaching is normally meeting with my client and a lot of them are paid for by their companies because they are investing. And that's sort of how the company took the name is I work with a lot of high potential people. And so I work with rising stars that are already good and want to be better. And their bosses see that they're good. And they see that this future role is someplace I can put them. I need to give them the skills or smooth the rough edges to help them be successful here. So the way that I usually work with people is about an hour at a time. And usually twice a month for a minimum of six months. I have some clients I've worked with for years. And I have one every time he's up for a new role, he comes back to me. And we work together and then he takes the new role and he goes away and then he comes back. Over seven years, I've worked with him like four times. It's that's awesome. awesome. But that's, that's great because it's then you get to see the fruits of your labor too. Exactly. And I follow people on LinkedIn and things to be like, oh, look at what she's doing now. This is awesome. So what we do with the six months is we set some goals up front, just like I'm sure they do when they come to you. The big goal is I want to be able to walk or I want to be able to run. With me, the big goal might be the promotion or the new project. And then every time we coach, we take small steps. We tackle what's one problem that's in the way. What's one thing you need to do better? And so just like in physio, it's those small things that we do that lead to the new outcome. That person getting stronger, better, more able to articulate their their desire or to reach it. Um, So that's that's something I tend to serve as, I call it a confidential thought provider that works with them for them to have a safe place to share their thoughts and fears. The higher you go in an organization, the fewer people you really can trust to share your doubts, your anxieties, and um, and physicians especially. No, no offense, but you always feel like the need to have to look right and perfect. Yep. And so you can't say to a colleague, I'm really worried about this, or I don't know what to do. Right. You yep. need a coach who is sworn to confidentiality, just like HIPAA. I have an oath that I can't break confidentiality. I'm there to serve you and support you and help. 
That's great. That's great. I think that there's, there's a lot of people who fear looking like they don't have the answer. They fear failure. And they, um, you know, I think a lot of times surgeons get a bad rap for having to be these gods, right? That they have to know everything and they have the right answer and all that. But gosh, you know, they're also human. And, and so well, no, no. Yeah. And don't say that near them, right? for the whole surgical team um uc davis brought me in to facilitate a retreat with like the whole all the chiefs of surgery oh boy and uh, did, really- i hope you went around the room and forced them each to say i don't know everything i don't know everything as part of an icebreaker because i would have been perfect <laughs> we had a really interesting time i'll leave it at that i'm sure i'm sure yeah, all right <laughs> so uh so what are the other things that people ask you or come to you for Uh, There's another couple. Um, Why is an assessment important? I use an assessment with my coaching clients that looks at their behaviors, what drives them, and their emotional intelligence. And from that, I get a 55 to 60 page report that we go over together. And I love that because one, it gives them more self-awareness of their strengths and their opportunities for improvement. Two, it helps me to know their behaviors so I know Are they fast-paced or do they want to dig into the detail? And so I don't treat them the way I want to be treated. I treat them the way they want to be treated based on their report. When I work with teams, we use the assessment to help them better understand one another. Okay. If you're this way and I'm that way, how can we work better together? And so I love assessments for that kind of purpose. I love looking at, do they have emotional intelligence? Maybe they have self-awareness, but they don't have self-regulation. So I know I shouldn't say this, but I'm going to say it anyway. And then that impacts them at work. Right. So those are really important to identify areas for improvement as well as to leverage strengths. My coaching is strengths-based. I don't focus on everything you're doing wrong. I focus on the things that you're doing well that'll help you. But then if there are some rough edges or behaviors, then we work on those to help you. Um, um, and you're always at choice. The coach doesn't choose what to work on. The client does. When you do that assessment and you ask those questions, do you often, and, and this is for the individuals that you coach, um, do you often have them um, have a peer also answer some of those questions for them? Or is this purely self-involved in, um, and self-directed? you know, directed? So the answer that is that is that's a great question, April. It depends. My assessment, they do themselves. But a number of the organizations that hire me, um, United Healthcare, Raytheon, big organizations I've worked with, they like a 360. And I will then interview six to 10 people all around you, your boss, your peers, your direct reports, and I will get the scoop. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and then from there, I'll give you feedback. Right. And I think that, you know, um, in, in other avenues that I've worked and other jobs, you're as a as a worker bee beyond below someone, you feel like you don't have that opportunity often to say how you really feel in fear of retaliation, or you're going to get that abrasive response, or, you know, you won't maybe get the desired shift or or whatever it is. Um, so I think that that that's important for people to have a safe 
space to also give that feedback because I think there are a lot of people that just don't have that self-awareness or they think they do, um, but they don't necessarily have the self-awareness to really know what the people around them are feeling. So Exactly. And we do it in a very confidential way so that I take out the names and I look for common themes. Okay. You know, one of my favorite physician leaders I worked with, um, I did this for him through his organization. <clears throat> and we interviewed um, chief medical officers and presidents. It's a very large organization. And the two words that kept coming back, like an eight out of 10 people all said he's knowledgeable and kind. And so I was able to, I didn't have to name names. I was like, dude, you are knowledgeable and kind. People really like working with you. You bring solutions. You never make anyone feel bad or dumb. You're always respectful. Um, and so I gave you more input, but I mean, that could have been the debrief after five hours of me collecting data. Sure. Yeah. That's, and that's the kind of person you want to work for, right? As someone that's yes. knowledgeable and kind. So that <laughs> hopefully made him feel good too. You know? Yeah. And he has since moved into a new role that he feels like allows him to really bring those two things forth to shine in, uh, in what he's doing to improve patient care. Awesome. That's great. Yeah. So what else? Anything else you get asked a lot? Yeah. The other question is, are you certified and is that important? Oh, yep. That makes sense because you see, you see a lot of people popping up as coaches these days. Anybody, anybody today can hang up a shingle and say, I am a coach. Yep. Um, and so I feel, as you mentioned in the beginning, I have a lot of credentials and I think that those are important. Um, I went through coach training in 2006, so I've been doing it for a while. Um, to get to the first level of certification, you need 124 hours of training. Wow. So that'd be like three weeks full time. Yeah. Plus 100 hours of coaching, one to one. Okay. And then you pass a test, and then you do um, coaching for someone else and they grade you literally to get to that first level. So I, I attained that in like 2008. And then I can't even remember, I wanna say it's probably been five years I've been at my current level, which is professional certified coach, yeah. which takes more hours of training, takes more hours of working with a mentor coach who guides and grooms you of any bad habits you've developed, and it's a continuous learning process. I belong to two coaching organizations. I constantly attend webinars. I just finished a book group, um, actually, that, um, that was written by a former president of the International Coach Federation. Um, so I'm always looking to up my game. And as a member of the International Coach Federation, we have ethics. I am required to maintain confidentiality. I have heard horror stories of people who were coaching and someone broke confidentiality and told their boss things they said or told their boss's boss. And I have a process that I use when I am coaching you and your boss. You are your own boss, but in the, in the previous world. Right. So that I don't break confidentiality. Because otherwise, why would you share things with me? Right. You wouldn't feel comfortable. And, and also, 
people who aren't trained as coaches can sometimes do harm. They often, I used to work with a couple of women who felt like they were coaches. And the way that they coached new people was mentor. They told them what to do. They told them how to do their job. They did not give them room to grow and think. So you will not find that in a certified coach. A certified coach knows that they're there to support your development. And they're there to support you. They're not there to be the tell-all. Right. Which is nice because I think with when you have a certified coach that actually knows what they're doing, they are able to help you grow so that you're not just stuck in that six months that you might be working with someone where they're telling you what you should be doing and then you're on your own. You've actually grown and developed and learned habits and learned things that are meaningful to you that you may not have known and you can carry that on for the rest of your life. Absolutely. Absolutely. And that's it. We're developing people who then go on to develop other people. Mm -hmm. Um, One of the folks that I worked with in an organ donation organization was assigned to me to coach. And I did the assessment and the 360 with her. Mm -hmm. And then she ended up coming to training I did. She hired me to train her team. We've trained now numerous people. um, And she just got a promotion and moved to another state to work with a bigger scope. Wow. But these are people who are saving lives every day through organ donation. Yeah. And and your skill set needs to be top of the line when at the worst moment in a family's life you're talking to them about are there organs that can be donated. Yeah. You, you know about that. And they have to be available 24/7. It's not Monday through Friday because They have to be available at the top of their game. And I was so privileged to work with these folks that are making such a difference as these physicians are. That's why I love what I do. I am so blessed to work with amazing people who give so much of themselves and to others to make a difference, to literally save lives and improve lives. Yeah, you can tell that you really love what you do because you're just so passionate about it, which is awesome. Yeah. My husband keeps saying, you can retire. I'm like, no, this needs me. Yes. I need to make a difference in the world. And this is one of the ways I do it. That's really cool. So, so speaking about those people that you've worked with that are kind of doing some amazing things, let's talk a little bit about those common traits that people have that you work with. So those really high performers, those top leaders that come to you or are brought to you, you know, what are you, what are some of the things that you see in those people? Absolutely. So I think first is persistence. They don't give up at the first attempt. They may have gone through years of education and schooling and different roles to move up and move out and move over. Mm-hmm. Uh, but they're always looking to get stronger, to get better. Just like when they work out, it's about continuously building strength and knowledge and not giving up. Uh, It might be that they're doing work they don't feel like. It might be that if they're on the sales side, they have to make an extra call. Maybe it's having to give staff members difficult feedback. I was coaching someone on that last week. Um, Maybe it's asking for a stretch assignment to grow in a way you haven't developed, moving into a different part of an organization. Um, But having the persistence and the tenacity to keep growing and 
saying yes to opportunities and not letting the no's get you down. That's one. The second is communication skills. If they don't have them, I work with them and then we develop them. Because as we said earlier, if you don't have good communication skills to meet people, to develop relationships, and to maintain relationships, you will not be able to be successful for long. Talent gets you in the door. Communication skills open the doors wider and have people rallying to be on your side. That's where you get mentors and sponsors who will give up their time to help open doors for you. Um, The other is vision. I I work with another leader who I love. I've worked with for six years. And he came in as CEO of an organization first time and turned it around. And he had to explain as people were bolting out the door why they should stay. And we work together in consulting and facilitating to create a new mission and vision and values for the organization. And then he could have had his team explain that. He did 12 sessions, different days of the week, different shifts, because he runs an important center that includes a call center 24-7 to explain the vision to them by himself. Wow. He wanted to make sure that they got that this was passionate for him and that he had the communication skills and the persistence to explain it. So I think when you package those together and then you add two other things that I think are really important, one is curiosity, Mm -hmm. desire to learn and grow and improve. And to believe that you don't have all the answers. For sure. Yeah, that's a hard one. (laughs) For some folks, it's easy. And for some, it's really hard. So persistence and the curiosity. And then the last I get requests for a lot is executive presence. So do you look and sound and act like a leader? And that varies across organizations. But the higher you go, the more important that is. And so I've worked, for example, with one director in healthcare who wanted to move up to the C-suite level. And um, she had been identified as a high potential. She was put through a high potential leadership program. And then I got to coach her. And one of the things that she was told was that she lacked executive presence. Hmm. She tended to show up like maybe a little quiet, somebody might say mousy. Okay. And she needed to be able to project that if she was going to be an executive, she needed to show up in meetings and look and sound the part. So we coached on that and we came up with strategies. And again, everybody's strategy is different. Sure. Came up with a strategy that worked for her. And then she was interviewing for that C-Street role. So I was coaching her and we were doing practice role plays. She got that role. She then moved to that role in a bigger, same system, bigger hospital. Wow. And now she's in a regional role. So she's had three promotions since she's learned executive presence in the last seven, eight years. Wow. That's important. You didn't, you don't really think about that, especially if you don't live or work in an executive role, but yeah, you want somebody who's going to be able to articulate 
you know, thoughtfully and also have that presence of, you know, I'm here, I know what I'm talking about. Um, And you don't think, oh boy, you know, we can't trust them to take us to help us take that hill or whatever it is. That's it. It's got, you've got to have the believability and the credibility into what you said earlier. My six months of working with her have carried her forward these eight years into numerous other roles because the behavior changes and the learning are something you keep with you always. Wow. That's great. That's fantastic. So yeah. what are what are other things, uh, you know, maybe I haven't asked you that you feel are super important to pass on? You've already given us a ton of information and, uh, you know, a lot of wisdom. So I appreciate that. But is there anything I didn't ask you that you feel like is important to get out there? I think that everybody has the potential to learn and grow. Not everybody has the potential to be coached. Because if they don't see it in themselves, if they aren't open and curious, if they aren't willing to be vulnerable, mm-hmm. I can't help them. Yeah. And, and I've had a couple people, including, I will admit, one of my worst stories. Um, I was working with a physician leader who took on a new role, and they used to love him. And then when they promoted him, they didn't like him. He, his behaviors changed. And I was trying to help him and the team. And ultimately, he stopped coming to coaching. He gave excuse after excuse, and um, they terminated his position. And I felt horrible, but I could not help a man who did not want to be helped. Right. It just didn't. It cost him his livelihood, and it cost his family his livelihood. There are, you know, athletes, they talk about athletes that are uncoachable, but I feel like that's probably true across all sections of, and it's not a external thing. It's not something that you could do for him. Again, it's that open and being open to criticism and constructive and working on yourself thoughtfully. Um, some people just can't do that. So no, some people can't, some people won't. Right. Right. So that's one of my first questions. I do a free complimentary 30 minute conversation like this to see why are you coming to coaching? Tell you a little bit about me, learn a little bit about you. And in that time, especially if the company is paying to find out, are they really interested and are they really, really willing right. so that it's a win-win. Um, I like wins on my track record. Sure. I like to admit to those losses. So I want to make sure that it's a win. Right. In that case, I thought I heard him say yes. And the HR person was really pushing and she was someone I liked and trusted and had served in the past. Yeah. Um, so afterwards we literally did a debrief of where did we go wrong? Maybe, maybe we shouldn't have taken the assignment in the first place, but I believed I could help. And the team believed that they could turn him back into the man he used to be. Right. But it was a loss for a lot of us. Well, and, and I feel like, you know, even though it was a loss, you probably learned a lot from it. So it may have been a loss just kind of in the overall work structure of things, but in the grand scheme of how you now approach people and those questions that you ask during those 30 minutes, that probably has been a win in that case because you you have to adjust a little bit. Yeah. And with the team coaching we did, the team was able to then move forward without him. That's great. Successfully. So there were some good lessons learned, but it hurts. Oh, sure. Yeah. So Anyway, that's part of being a high performer yourself. You don't like failure, you know. You don't, you don't like feeling like you've done something wrong. It's just part of the part of the package. You're right. 
Yeah. All right. Yeah. yeah. All right, Joanne. So tell me, how can people find you if they want to reach out for you for coaching or they think they know someone that they want to, you know, have you work with? Great. So I can give you the whole package. You want phone numbers, emails, LinkedIn? I've got it all. Hit me with it. Hit me with, uh, probably in the show notes, we'll have um, information for like websites and that sort of thing and phone numbers. But if you have a direct email you want to share right now, that'd be great. Perfect. So it's Joanne, J-O-A-N-N-E at risingstarsllc.com. Or you can call 480-840-6024. Great. And they can reach you directly and talk to you and maybe even set up a 30 minute consult or something like that. Absolutely. And then I'll give you all the rest so they can connect on LinkedIn. I post a lot of things that are especially geared to healthcare and leadership, but I also post things that are relevant for the times right now that I think would benefit people. I also write a newsletter so it's free and they can sign up and I post that on LinkedIn as well. And what is your handle on LinkedIn? Or is there a handle? It's Joanne Schlosser. Okay. There's a couple of them, but you'll see my face. Okay. Awesome. And um, and I think that hopefully that will help people. So I am on Twitter, but I'm not very active there. And the, the handle is at Joanne Schlosser. Okay. Yeah, it's funny. You can't be everywhere, can you? <laughs> no. No, I tried and decided that LinkedIn has a much broader appeal. Mm-hmm. Um, so I read more tweets than I respond to. but. Um, You'll find me on LinkedIn almost every day. Awesome. Awesome. Well, we certainly appreciate the time and all the information you shared with us. Um, Like I said, we'll put in the show notes just about how people can get in touch with you and make sure that um, we're sending more people your way because that'd be, um, there's lots of people that could use your help and expertise and just the little nuggets of wisdom. You talked about those traits that people have to be high achievers. I think everyone, regardless of if you're an executive or not, if you want to make some kind of a good impact in your own personal life, those traits are going to serve you well so absolutely whether you're a nurse whether you're in sales if you're a teacher I mean all of these traits yeah executive pleasant supplies in the classroom and now that more more of us are doing these zoom calls you know if I would have sat there like this the whole time I would have scored a whole different impression right so your impression is important no matter who you are or what you do yeah awesome All right. It's been such a pleasure. Thank you for inviting me. Thanks for joining us on the Idaho Physio. We hope you gained some insights, inspiration, and some ideas on how to be amongst the top performers and high achievers in the world. Know someone that's crushing it that we should talk to? Let us know. As always, we welcome your feedback. Remember to subscribe so you don't miss an episode and share our podcast with friends, family, heck, even complete strangers. Because, hey, who couldn't use a little inspiration these days? Thanks again. Now get out there and be amazing.